Hello and welcome to the Super Beast podcast with Berg and Blake. Uh, welcome to 2020, a new decade. Berg, how do you feel about that? Good. Yeah. P- punchy. Yeah, it's, it's got a ring to it, hasn't it? You know, like yeah. if I was a graffiti writer, you know, like to yeah, I could, I could make something good with that. I'm glad to hear that. How's it all going? What have you been up to since we last caught up uh, in mid December? It's been a while. A few things really. Like um, we we got this absolutely enormous um, super king size bed. Um, we've been talking about having an enormous bed for for years, Charlotte and I, and, and like it's, it's a reality now. So it's it's great. You can go for your hugs and your snuggles, and then just pirouette out into a starfish mm-hmm. uh, and it, it's really nice the mattress is so comfortable like you were saying last time you, your mattress top like yeah it's, it's a reality like now did, did you go crushed cotton uh, bed sheets we we went to dreams and, and we did this thing where it maps your body contours and, and you, oh, yeah. you lie in a couple of positions and it was very futuristic yeah but, um yeah, it was, it, was, it was really nice to get that sorted. Christmas was really nice. We hosted um, like pretty much like all the Charlotte's family, um, the kids. We had like a little puppy as well that, they, that they've that they got from a rescue. So with our two kittens and the puppy, it made an interesting, <laughs> interesting dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, our, our kittens, like yesterday, we, we've had them neutered as well. So they're coming today, they're, maybe they're not as uh, vociferous as they were previously. Played a bit of futsal. Um, got, I got a game tomorrow. We played another game with this disorganised team that... They're really skillful, but they're so badly organised. Everyone drops out the night before, mm. and then um, the, the organiser didn't, didn't bring a ball. Oh, as <laughs> with the home team, we got in, in, like just totally unprofessional. But you know, really, That's really incredible. bad. Not being to see any gigs or anything like this. But I'm promoting a gig for the first time in uh, in a while. So to launch the um, issue two of cartoons from the pit fanzine, we're doing a gig at the Chemic Tavern on the 15th of Feb, February, with. Um, Speed Dinosaurs, my band are playing. Um, Boom Boom Raccoon, who we played last month, they got in touch oh, and, yeah. and uh, kind of a, it's part of their sort of UK tour. So they're playing. Lewis Burner from the Backyard Burners, um, he's playing, and uh, and Georgina McKell, that she's playing. She's just started doing gigs like her with her acoustic guitar. Okay, so she'd be good. Going to do some live drawing. Where, whereabouts in the world is that? It's in a it's in a lovely pub called the Chemic Tavern in yeah. Woodhouse. We serve real ale, and uh, yeah, it's it one of my favourite places to drink when I lived in. Where, and where's Woodhouse? Woodhouse in Leeds. In Leeds, okay. Just just a little link in last time I mentioned the Yally Ellers did an album um, oh, yeah. and their their drummer pretty much quit uh, like a day or two before they were they were writing a message saying where are you turning for the album and Lewis is like a such an awesome musician he's, he's a drummer mm. as well he turned up and just played drums for a lot of these tracks and it, you know for, for someone that's just picking it up on the day seriously talented musician. Mm. Mm. Um, how, how have you been? <laughs> Yeah, good question. Well, yeah, same as you. Lots of uh, lots of stuff over Christmas. I reckon it was one of the one of the best, really. Um, good balance of you know family, but not too much family, and uh, and seeing lots of people and travelling around, but without spending the whole Christmas in the car or on the train or whatever. So yeah, it was really good. <laughs> um, yeah, New Year's Eve in, in Whitby and on the northeast coast was really nice as well. Did a little tour on New Year's Eve of like Saltburn and Brunswick mm. Bay and all those kind of places. So it was, it was yeah, it was a pretty good way to end the year. Nice. Um, like you, I've uh, been trying to get a tiny bit more healthy and so I've ditched the car and started walking to and from work, which is like 50 minutes each way. And on the way home, it's just solidly up the biggest hill in Sheffield. So it's getting progressively less painful the more I do it. So, and it feels really good. It's I, Normally I would sort of wake up in a bad mood and drive to work in a bad mood and then have my first cup of tea and then stop being in a bad mood. Now I sort of walk after about 10 minutes, bad mood's gone. Yeah, it's good. Uh, aside from that, I've watched 
an incredibly large amount of films <laughs> since I last saw you. I would imagine I've got it written down somewhere, probably about 25 films. Um, so we'll, we might have to do some film reviews later on because I went through a run of about 10 really good films in a row, which very rarely happens. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And also, I was watching this video on YouTube the other day of somebody debunking uh, flat earth YouTube videos. <laughs> and I've, I got, as I was watching it, I was like, I, and I genuinely mean this, so if anybody's listening and wants to do this with me, I, I am up for it. I want to start a flat earth YouTube channel where we do experiments, like just come up with stupid, crazy experiments to prove, like disprove science. And, um, <laughs> and just, I think it would be really good fun to try and think up silly experiments that will be like, patently ridiculous but do it all quite sort of deadpan george orwell wrote a really interesting essay where he tried to sort of play both sides of the argument for like things that you could almost disprove like and trying to like like bat both sides of the logic in his head it was it was quite entertaining like i, I might try and dig that out if you're interested yeah to that, read that. that would be that sounds like a really good starting place for it. yeah <laughs> lovely and and your, your news resolution like you have you you picked up books are you your, your book reading going okay uh i am about a third of the way through a book nice yeah so uh i would high five you but i, I don't yeah, do that sort of thing yeah. Logo, yeah um but uh yeah i started reading a book called artemis uh by the guy that wrote the martian so it was it was his second book. It's pretty good. It's set on the moon, set on a moon base. Uh, pretty gripping, but not finished it yet. Nice. How yeah, about you? Sci-fi. Um, I'm reading the Freddie Mercury biography. I'm, oh. I'm reading a zine about Satanism. Um, uh, that's that's now morphing into like looking at serial killers. It's all like disproving like satanic panic kind of myths. It's quite interesting looking at like I had quite a plasticine version of Satanism of like child sacrifices and whatnot. But it's it's generally it's kind of like quite a hedonistic belief that it doesn't really um advocate sort of it advocates sort of free thought and expression i'm not trying to sell it to anyone i'm just saying that if you think that people going into the, the woods and carving up like um sort of sacrifices that are alive then then it's not really what, what it's about but so interesting I, thing i just took a swig of beer there and i think i missed something so this is in the freddie mercury book. no 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 I, I was reading freddie mercury autobiography but i, I have two things on a go because oh, i have a downstairs okay. and upstairs toilet so upstairs yeah. i'm reading about freddie yeah i'm reading the fantastic fanzines from uh, paul ashley brown that, that i bought recently that okay. are really really excellent like graphic novels yeah but when we got through them back on back on the freddie mercury like but downstairs uh, sticky sounds um like uh, satan special Right. It's quite a quite a lengthy fanzine, quite an interesting and well presented, like sociological um, sort of uh, and psychological like whistle tour through Satanism all the way up to like some of the the serial killer stuff is actually pretty harrowing, but mm. like uh, you you really get an insight into the minds of people that have been tarred by the media as as, as cause the, what they do caused by Satanism, but in fact it's like generally caused by like childhood like really mentalness like over drug use and and different things like mm. this. And, Satanism is not really the cause of a lot of these sort of um, things that are, the media panic is associated to that. Probably nothing to do with the media discourse at the minute, but like, still, I like random random shit when I'm having a shit. Well, that's good to hear. It sounds like we're both off to a pretty good uh, 2020 so far then. I yeah. hope uh, all of our listeners are similarly uh, looking into these uh, fascinating topics. There was a lonely animal who tried to feast the combined with us and became a super Um, so last time we played a couple of jingles, didn't we? And uh, you did one and I did one and we did a poll. Uh, could you reveal the results of the poll? 
Uh, it was a draw, yeah. Two uh, all, yeah. two all. The right, right, honourable draw. Even, even after all that, those like um, propaganda campaigns that we put across, like I, I actually on mine was was um, actually some of the, the things that my students have said to me that they were kind of told uh, and clearly kind of misinformed about Jeremy Corbyn. Mm. I was just kind of putting them as, as like stupid things that, that I was pretending to be like Boris Johnson. You were pretending to be like Corbyn. Mm. And, You've created us a new jingle, though, haven't you? Yeah, you said we we're both going to do one again, and then and then you didn't. Um, uh, been too so. busy walking up hills and uh, thinking about flat earthers. Right. <laughs> I was going to call my uh, flat Earth channel <laughs> Feng, uh, which would be uh, the Flat Earthers Global Network. Should we hear my um, monstrosity of a new jingle? It's it's a kind of a cappella uh, chipmunk style um, thing. So should we should we hear it? I try. Super B, super B, super 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 B, super B, super B, super 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 B, super B. There we go. I like it. And while I'm not involved in any way in the recording of that that track, I feel like it sounds like I am. I mean, not to not to tie you with the same voice brush, but I think it could be argued that I'm on that track. Should we talk about some news? Yeah, but but do you not want to hear some string jokes? Yes, like, sorry, I do want to hear some string yeah, jokes. Yeah, of course That's... you do. So like, um, so I went to see my, my niece and my nephew at my mother-in-law's and I was driving and uh, you know, just I've never had much of an ability to make up jokes, but I suddenly found, I, I actually, an interesting thing, I collect string, little bits of string since I've moved house. So like, you know, tie, you know, can use them to tie things. And, and interestingly, mm. at once, uh, I was doing a visual education project with with their uh, kids, and uh, one of the things that used to like help these kids see better without glasses was like it was having something in the mid range and in the, in the background of uh, of looking at like a, a snail and chat and doing some swaying, and, and these kids were able to sort of that their eyes were moving with a bit more fluidity than people do when they stare all the time, which okay. is kind of bad for your eyes. But anyway, mm. I, I couldn't throw this bit of string away because it felt like lucky string, so I started collecting bits of string. So mm. basically, I was improvising a load of string jokes. Do you want do you want to hear some? Can I just check first of all? Have you got any string on you right now? Yes. Okay. Can I can I just have a look? I just yeah. I mean in my it's, it's okay right yeah okay so this is kind of not not ribbon exactly but but kind of papery string that you might wrap around yeah, the present. Any sort of string. Yeah. Okay. It's, fine. It's got it's got a lot of mileage. It's, it's good for fixing yeah, things. So I'm with like, you, I'm uh, with you. are you listening? I'm listening. Hit, I'm listening. hit me. Hit me. I've got this string on my wrist and it's glistening. Why did the piece of string go to the psychotherapist? I don't know. Uh, they were so strung out because they couldn't string a sentence together. It's good. Okay. Uh, okay, so why are bits of string easygoing lovers? Good question. Because they're not worried about the size of their balls. That's, again, yeah, that works. Okay, uh, so why didn't the piece of shit orange string who was president of the United String of America want to go to Iran? I don't know. Because he'd get a sass string nated. Okay, yeah. By the moderates who might become extremely radicalised. Okay, um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, they what, are making me laugh. Yeah, there's so, a lot. There's, there's yeah, a lot of mileage in string. Yeah, keep, I'm telling keep going. Okay, yeah, I honestly think if, if any if any of our listeners want to come up with some string jokes and post them to us, if you want to come up with any during the episode, mm. like they mm. are quite easy to do. Actually, <laughs> all right then. Okay, uh, what would you call a thready uh, punk who like tantric sex, playing the lute, uh, and played in the 1980s and wrote songs about stalking people who are too close and being standing too near to schoolgirls. I think I can see where this one is going, but hit me. No, you tell me. Is it string? String, yes, yeah, it's string. Go, yeah. And the police. <clears throat> and I should just add that if you see anyone uh, threatening, uh, hanging around outside your school youth club, you know who to call. Right. Okay, should, should you do one more? Uh, yeah, just one, no, more. one more. Just one more, yeah. yeah. I, I've got a really good one. Like, like, okay. okay, so um, uh, this one was written just for you, um, oh, actually. Um, right, why didn't the piece of string like the Arcade Fire's new album. I don't know. Because they didn't pay their string section enough. Yeah, they, they do seem to overcharge their audience for what the list stringing 
two in my op stringian, um, and uh, its depressed string uh, lacks structure string and would not make an impact if performed alone at an open mic night. I mean, I know they've all got to make a live string, but twine afraid it's mediocre, not really impressing anyone and um, should be left best off in a draw. Fantastic. Do you think you can make a live string out of uh, these kind of jokes? You know, I, I could write a lot of string jokes and I could make a lot up. I think, I think there's a lot have. of mileage in yeah. strings. So yeah. if you want to hit us with some string jokes, like come back to me anytime. I think... I think uh, there's a lot of mileage in string. There is. That is the answer to that age-old question. Shall we maybe play a song instead? This is by Slapbrash, and maybe it links to like Northern Rail, who we're going to talk about in a bit. Um, and it's like a kind of song about like uh, train travel. But these were great. Like there was just one guy playing bass, girl who was singing, um, uh, really nice voice, uh, and yeah, it really captures the frustration of of uh, you know getting the train. Uh, to work and, and to other places all the time. So um, this is called Zone A, and it's by Slaprash. Making my way to Zone A, all these people on this train are getting in my way, and I'm running, I'm running through this never-ending lane, and I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting... train team, please go to Zone A. Let's talk about some news. Yeah. What should we say? I mean, everybody knows that Terry Jones of Monty Python fame died a couple of days ago. That's quite sad. Yeah, every string is sacred. Like, yeah, really, really great comedian. Yeah. There's been quite a lot of news, actually, since the since the election. Um, I see, like, Extinction Rebellion being added to the prevent list. Extinction. So, Extinction Rebellion, yeah, added to the prevent list. Yeah. Same as the National Front, uh, Combat 18 and, and Greenpeace, mm, yeah. a threatening organisation. Um, so, yeah, what, what do you think about, about the, the new prevent list with these kind of anti-fascist um, 
or anti like or environmental protesting groups being included yeah it boggles the mind really and uh, it sort of seemed like it was maybe just sort of an administrative error but then pretty Pratel has gone on to say no you know we realized that they're not a terror organization but we're keeping them on the list anyway because we need to treat them as if they are was pretty much uh, the thrust of her argument there. Yeah, so it's, it's like, so I hear you're a terrorist there, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, it is amazing. And uh, it, once you're on one of these lists, if if you're a member of any of these organisations like Greenpeace or whatever, does that mean that you're, you can then be processed and spied on in the same way? You know, um, does it mean that all of the, uh, the sort of anti-terrorism laws, can they then be applied to you, you know, rendition and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, presumably yes. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you've got a very authoritarian state, um, very controlling state, and you can see that there's going to be a backlash from the left and they're perhaps predicting that, putting people onto the relevant amounts of like surveillance and having, you know, to be able to apply the terror laws against these sort of mm. left-wing groups. I mean, potentially, like, left-wing groups might adopt sort of, like, somewhat radical methods, but I just think it's it's rather in, inciting um, sort of bad stuff to happen, really, but... We, you know, if you, if you voted Tory, like, thanks, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, congratulations. Okay, um, another one that was quite interesting was uh, was the sale of like UK arms company Cobham in the close season. This was on the twenty first of December. The government kind of okay this right when okay you yeah. know when people are out drinking and yeah. Christmas partying. I, I I always look out for the the, the close season like things that the Tories do because yeah. it's usually pretty horrible. But yeah, ten ten million pound, ten I think billion pound deal. Um, these guys specialise in air-to-air refuelling, it's like this horrible like, Trump link, 10,000 employed by them, bit of a national security concern of cozying up to America. Northern Rail apparently were going to lose their franchise, um, but then I looked again and Grant Shapps, sounds like a drink uh, you have at Christmas actually, um, but he's the transport secretary, uh, he's potentially going to strip Northern Rail, this rather failing rail company that, mm. um, you know, you were... <laughs> You saw you were sat on today that the brakes weren't quite working on your train. They're really old, like fleet, the German, yeah, yeah. German funded, German owned, uh, not run. But I can't really see them getting a different operator. And then looking at the article again, it's like he's they might lose their franchise. So I can't really see it happening. I can't mm. see it going back into national ownership. So probably just go to a crappy other other company and not yeah. really improve the, the terrible service they're offering. Where fifty percent of their trains are late. And um, we had the the historic like vegan legal decision where like it's pretty much the same as like a religion. Like you've got the right to be vegan legally, and I think that's going to see like more more vegan food. So better for the carbon footprint. Anyway, there's there's nothing on the plastic laws. Um, there's a total absence of that. Like I was saying that you know you should start to like say what's in products, especially when they contain like single use plastics. Mm-hmm. No um, effort whatsoever to do anything about that. Mm. Uh, apart from there was a, peti- there was a, um, a petition oh, yeah. uh, that was like closed down before um, uh, Boris Johnson prorogued Parliament, um, mm. so that never got discussed or you know expanded. Mm. Um, so yeah, we've got these horrible single use plastics rotting in the ground. Um, going back to to, to, to you and my friend Pretty Patel, mm. um, she's doing a uh, sort of look at the trespass laws mm. uh, and the right to sort of people to camp uh, when they protest. So basically, you know, like the fracking protest, people stayed overnight to like, um, you know, stop the, those horrible processes happening. But she's consulting so you on whether to kind of um, scrap those people being able to, to to camp on common land. So, you know, it affects like gypsies and travellers and, mm. and like people like that. And some people perhaps don't have a, much of a like for them type of people, but mm. also affects protesters and sort of democratic rights. Mm. So, you know, have a look up at that. The, the consultation closed at the 4th of March. So if, if you want to try to understand what she's what she's potentially trying to do um like especially sacrificing the right to protest and for those people that you know put themselves out on the line to do that that won't 
might not be able to happen in future. That um, could be used against uh, homeless people as well. You sort of see them in tents in graveyards could, and places yeah. like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I see one one camping outside um, Leeds Town Hall frequently. She yeah. asked me the they asked me the time yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that closes on the 4th of March. If you feel strongly about about that, then uh, do make your comments known on the consultation. It's not one of these things where you can just go, oh, it's going to happen, Like, let's just accept that mm. we're going to do it. You can make comments about it, and especially if it links to like legal objections, I think that's the best way to do those sort of things. Could you, is that something we could share on Facebook or on Twitter or something? I could, yeah. You'd have to wade through a lot of government documents, mm. but I'll, I'll share the article that I got that from, and I'll put in the comment section like uh, how you can go about looking at the government things and how you can sort of comment on that especially if there's a legal angle two other ones that stood out to me sorry quite a lot of news this month yeah. um xi jinping and like putin's extended his, his reign period he's, he's made an office above the office above the office that you're giving himself so he's going to stay effectively in power mm-hmm. for another four years like and like yeah just got these these kind of long-term leaders in in the east um and you know in the north i guess um who just intend to die with their boots on really like mm. see through their policies possible issues like fascism and kind of you know sort of 1984 style three big mega blocks of power just maintain the power while the democratic ones have these four year cycles and mm. and, and the last one that's probably the biggest of all news that I think has very very little attention mm. um, Xenobots are here um, new life forms that are human made mm-hmm. they're AI and self discovering nanotechnology so these okay. are very very small uh, sort of programmable it says life forms that mm-hmm. are going to be going into people's blood work and you know this this expected advance in nanotechnology for helping people, like um, in terms of their, their health and well-being, um, or you know, there's there's other other aspects of getting rid of like cells that are causing problems. Massive potential for science. Mm-hmm. Like, bit of an ethical concern as well. We made a new mm-hmm. new life form. It's, it's also a massive kind of you know massive kudos to the scientists who could do that. Mm. A little bit Frankenstein in my mind. Like um, what are your sort of initial thoughts? So, on, so these on are bi- biological robots, kind of like yeah. a- engineered, uh, yeah, germs or. It sounds like sci-fi, doesn't it? Like yeah. it's, it's it's real. Like twenty. Well, 2019, I guess, was, was when they did it. 2020 is when they're going to be more tested. But I mean, my brain immediately jumped to uh, the film Inner Space. <laughs> well, it sounds good. I mean, if you could, uh, if you could engineer some uh, some genes or a virus or whatever that's going to go into the body and attack cancer cells, world changing. It's got potential for both, really. Mm. Um, and there's one more that came out today. There's um, Boris Johnson has has put across his potential spending review for the, the for the different constituencies how how the councils are going to be funded mm-hmm. and to summarise it you can you can have a little look at this but it's pretty much north south divide um, where everyone in the south gets more money mm-hmm. uh, in 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 the kind of more um, affluent areas mm-hmm. um, you know some of the bigger cities they are having theirs cut and in the north everyone's getting theirs cut mm-hmm. apart from York oh, yeah. who like um, Boris Johnson seems to have a bit of a hard on for mm-hmm. um, because they um, he wants to move the House of Lords up there, so yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, well, that that was quite a lot of stuff, wasn't it? Uh, I've got some other things as well. Uh, I just thought that we should, because we in episode two we mentioned the uh, Australian bushfires. Oh, yeah. We had to chop that out of the episode because we kind of went on a little bit, but um, obviously that's uh, come to a, a bit of a uh, yeah, a bit of a head there, and uh, finally the world's sort of listening. I don't know whether anyone's doing anything, but it's it's interest, interesting to see climate change and the effects of it. Uh, kind of on such a huge scale and um it kind of puts things into focus for people that potentially might be still trying to deny things i I don't know i mean i'm sure they can deny it anyway but it's it's harder to argue with that isn't it when you see it yeah most people are pretty much accepting that there there is um whether they regard it as a total emergency or whether they're regarding it as like a bad thing that's happening Mm. the only sort of 
like relevant comments. I always look at what the far right say and like Trump's still saying that like, you know, a free market capitalism will solve it, mm. which makes me think that he's got like a lobbying group that are kind of interested in geofixes. Mm. Um, and that concerns me greatly because um, it means that people basically continue to have big industries continuing to pollute because they think they can sequester the carbon out mm. of the atmosphere. How well they can do that, I'm not sure, but it, it really bothers me that he thinks that we can just not bother to curb emissions, that we're just going to basically science and big companies leading mm. science are going to try to boom markets to do that. And yeah, really more obvious ways to, is to plant more forest, to manage the forest you got better. It's that green revolution thing that Portugal are doing, that like certain places in America are doing, that we could be doing, mm. uh, we could be doing um, if we want. Mm-hmm. Even Prince Charles is advocating doing it. It's like wow, almost almost advocating a revolution, which is quite um, interesting <laughs> from a monarch. <laughs> so last time as well, we talked about the uh, embarrassing failure of the NHS to hit those kind of waiting times and stuff, and we talked about that for a little while. Um, the Tories have fixed that since they've okay. got to power. Yeah, it's completely fixed because what they've done is they've scrapped the targets. Oh right, sorry. So, for that. Um, yeah, simplified it. Okay. Yeah. Good, good move there. Like, just like this scrap, like um, monitoring levels of child poverty that's seen. I think the UK's dropped to what is it about 156th in the in the like hmm. rank of how well we look after young people. Or, like, I'll oh, track that. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. getting it done. By, yeah, uh, well. by not tracking it. Brilliant. Uh, the big bong, um, <laughs> which again just makes me so angry. I, I can't 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 really talk about it. And also, I noticed, I don't know why I've written this down, but Gavin and Stacey Christmas special was watched by um, a quarter of the UK population. I've never seen it, so I can't really comment, and I'm, but I'm guessing if that many people watch it, it's probably not very good. Uh, okay, well, that was the news. Yeah, pretty yeah. depressing. Um, Is there, was there anything positive that happened? I'm sure there was, there was some positive stories, like people helping each other and that. Yeah, some people helped each other, I think, yeah. Right. Only in the sea can you get huge size of that magnificent Should we play a song? Let's play a song, definitely. Um, what you got? Uh, so I was going to play a song, Nights That Won't Happen, by Purple Mountains. Um, this is... Uh, Purple Mountains is a kind of one-off band set up by uh, David Berman, who used to be the singer of Silver Jews. Um, <laughs> he, he kind of retired from music about 10 years ago and then he came back to music uh started the purple mountains thing and has released this one album um which is full of quite upbeat uh quite enjoyably listenable songs um with quite dark and bleak lyrics um and this one in particular nights that won't happen uh is is sort of talking about people uh you know people who have died being better off than people who are alive so it's a little bit of a downer but uh sadly he after he released the album last year in uh, i think it was in july last year he actually uh, took his own life in, <laughs> in august so it's uh it's r- like really tinged with uh with tragedy but it's a brilliant album and i want people to listen to it because i i, I just think it's fantastic uh, so i thought i'd play one of his songs wow. so, sorry guys let's hear it all right Suddenly declined 
dead know what they're doing when they leave this world behind. Subsides, all the suffering gets done by the ones we leave behind. All the suffering gets done by the ones we leave behind. Nights that won't happen.
you go. It's really nice, really relaxing. Like so sad what you said about the the writer and performer. Like, but like he's mm. shouldn't have done it. Like, what a, what a great performer. Like, yeah, a good recommendation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would uh, definitely if you liked that. Uh, have listened to the rest of the album like I say the rest of it is is a bit more sort of faster tempo a bit more uh, upbeat but uh, when you start listening to the words uh, you realise he maybe wasn't in the greatest place uh, anyway I'll check it out mm, depressed string <laughs> if you would say uh, okay so I just thought um, obviously in the last episode we talked a lot about the election and the reasons why people might have voted the way that they did and we'd kind of had a sort of uh, informal brexit embargo in the podcast before mm-hmm. that where we wouldn't we were trying to avoid talking about it because it's all the the news uh, media were talking about yeah. in in the sort of second half of last year um but by not talking about it i thought that maybe there was some things that we should have addressed about it and like the, the maybe the reasons why people wanted brexit in the first place and how they got to that that position sure. what i was thinking was that for a lot of people who you know aren't just right wing and, and and aren't massively politically engaged that that one of the reasons why people might vote for might have voted for brexit or thought that it was a good idea in the first place was because the media at, at times just turned it into a black and white kind of one issue yeah. of uh, matter and uh, if you said to me you, you know you live here in the uk um do you want the laws in the uk to be made here in the uk or do you want them to be made somewhere in europe that you can't quite put your finger on and you're not familiar with the, the names of the people making them then if you make the argument that way and say, well, that's it, that's the only issue that we're voting on, do you want to be in Europe or do you not want to be in mm. Europe, you can see how people might be persuaded to... Uh, yeah. And similarly, if you said, you know, do you think that we should have control of our own borders or do you think we should hand control over, again, to a sort of semi-faceless organisation, even though people do vote for MEPs and stuff, they're not as familiar with the, the sort of machinations of uh, the European government as they are with our own. Um, I mean... The whole Brexit process leading up till Christmas kind of showed just how useless our government is uh, at making any decisions and actually maybe we're safer putting it in the hands of, of more uh, sort yeah. of rigorous oversight, I don't know. If, if you asked me if I'd rather have um, people, if I'd rather have a Tory majority, a lot of whom are kind of youngish, unelected Tories that come in the north deciding things like like the things they have been deciding last month or over in Europe, I'd rather have a bigger picture. I'd, I'm mm-hmm. more for like aiming towards ultimately like a kind of world government and things like that. It's like you should have regional governments, you should have local governments, you should have autonomy all the way down. Uh, and yeah, just to, to kind of follow up on that one with the border thing as well, like people living in areas with very high influxes of migration and kind of uh, asylum seekers and all that kind of stuff. I, I know people that have worked as teachers in Rotherham, I might have talked about this before, um, where they've had to learn, like spend their lunch times learning second languages so that they can actually communicate with the kids mm. um, that they then have to go away and teach alongside uh, English-speaking children and like the sort of extra pressures that that's put put on them. And so when you've got all of that going on, like on you know, if your daily life is being affected that much by asylum seekers and and that type of thing, then maybe all of these things become you know, if, yeah, you can sort of see how people would 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 trace the lines and then be like, if somebody comes along and says, well, let's have a Brexit and we'll we'll close those borders and all this will be fixed. I guess we'll get onto this more later anyway when we talk about the media. But I just yeah. Thought it was probably worth bringing up. Um, also, um, the uh, those bastards over in Europe um, have been trying to put some uh, legislation, or are looking at putting in some legislation, or a temporary ban, in fact, on um, facial recognition technology. Um, 
banning it for the next couple of years while uh, they draw up some proper guidelines and have consultations and see what is the ethical and moral right way to proceed with facial recognition technology. Um, sadly, we're, uh, we're leaving. Uh, it'll be fine, don't worry. Um, and also, I'm drinking the uh, Gangly Ghoul. Oh yeah, what do you think of the Gangly Ghoul? I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's Oddly warming, but maybe it's just really warm in here. But mm. No, it's good. How much did you say these were in the end? 50p? They were 50p. Yeah, well, yeah. this is an excellent beer. I try beer. Super B, super B, super, super, super B. Super B, super B, super, super, super B. Super B. I just wanted to, well, to briefly think about like how, how power relationships have been affected in the digital era. Mm-hmm. Um, like media is changing massively and... Um, People, even people reading the same sort of facts reported in two different medias or, or omitted to be reported in certain ones, again, completely counter, contrary ideas from, from the same things. Mm. And um, I thought that, you know, with the advent of social media, it was really, really going to be um, quite an interesting thing that people would be more connected by the joy of the, the strings of the, uh, the electrical strings of the internet. And we could all share uh, share our knowledge, just like you know, when when the television was invented, the, the education box would mm. help us share and learn. And yeah, just I've been the trend I've been seeing recently is is much more worry string, um, like that people have been just they they get hecked up from a from a headline that doesn't necessarily reflect what's in the news. That they they, um, they omit to see things that don't um, kind of fit with their worldview and. Um, people become very closeted in their mentalities. Um, and this uh, I see as leading to a kind of a rise of figureheads over trying to engage properly with, with quite complex ideas. Mm. So what do you think about all that? Well, I just uh, just initially there, when you know when I joined Facebook in 2007 or whenever it was, and you would, st- at first it was very much just sort of like you're in a circle of, of whatever, and then the news kind of started filtering in. And it all felt... It felt very liberal and quite new and like progressive. That, that felt, felt really progressive. And um, somehow over the last 10 years, there's been a concerted effort to shift that. Or, I, I, you know, I don't think it's uh, unintentional or not, you know, it's it's not just coincidence, but that, that kind of liberal progressive uh, slant has been chipped away and actually been retooled into a much more divisive uh right-wing radical one hasn't it yeah i do feel like that the kind of the start of the decade i was taking a lot of heart from like the protest movements and the occupy movements and progressive social change and that that allowing political parties to form and i still you know that my, my uh, friends in in europe like uh, portuguese especially like there's there's a lot of like liberal socialism over there it's doing a lot of good it seems like a lot of environmental good um i imagine a lot of social good and you know, I think the internet allows people to have the potential to, to comment on, on a lot of things. And if it's done well, if it's done in a positive manner, um, it can be really empowering and, and really allow people to come to broader terms with issues. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's more recently and more uh, lazily done um, in, a, in a blinkered way and people to just basically talk about their prejudices in a way that um, is not really enlightening. It's, uh, it's kind of cyclic and like um in in a way kind of like negative inward spirals rather than kind of um outward spirals like of, of people just using their anonymity to to criticize things and to to spread sort of um dissent and and hate picking up on something you said like 
how much is it just impersonal and these trends going towards that or how much is it being somewhat controlled and is it somewhat manipulated to change people's opinion like when you look at the you know the fall of liberal uh, discourse based democracy which i really strongly believe in from right right to a local to a global level mm-hmm. and it's been chipped away with people like steve barron and people controlling media and like the rise of figureheads like trump mm-hmm. um like boris johnson and the people that are, will call a spade a spade but in such a funny way that will appeal to like the the trailer park and to the the kind of the non-working class mm. um type of people and and to some of the working class people to be fair because they appeal to their prejudices and you know with you know um Cambridge Analytica and things like this and and how people sort of you know that what they talk about what they um kind of fear on social media um this this information is known about and it's gathered and then it is fed to people who design political campaigns and then these kind of very outspoken um, increasingly more right-wing populist like politicians have, have been able to rise and, and take precedence and you know look at the election results that there's more people who whose prejudices can be provoked in order to 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 get um you know a majority government for for across the pond in america for that really hyper capitalist uh, who's going to pro-abortion marches um no president has ever done that before and, and, and you know, it's being outspoken, appealing to people who felt like their prejudices were not being mm. voiced in the media because they're they're absurd and ridiculous mm. now taking predominance. Um how how do you feel about this this rise of, of loose speaking or very plain speaking prejudice perhaps appealing figureheads and is it is it deliberate manipulated act at all or is it just an impersonal act of technology? Yeah, I mean I I, I feel uh, I feel it's fantastic. No, I don't. The, 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 uh, the, the, yeah, these uh, demagogues that that we've sort of installed into these uh, positions of high power—it's kind of crazy, really. Yeah, I mean, by their very definition, they just say whatever they need to say to to advance their own um, personal uh, agenda, really, and uh, which is the pursuit of power and um, and wealth, I suppose. And uh, you know, whoever is lobbying them to to uh, you know for their own for their own business needs, then they're the people that. You know, have have the real power and get what they want. I wonder what we can do about it because that's been the trend. I mean, I, I'm hoping there's going to be. It's it's been so difficult, I think, for the left to organise because the the narratives that have come out have been there's been so much news. It's been so dyspraxic in terms of like one second we're worrying about global war with Iran, one second we're worrying about bushfires destroying the world, and now we're worried about like uh, you know a super disease like coming in and you know very legitimately like might come and really like infect a lot of people and. It's, it's 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 a really yeah. worrying time, but but you have um, just a deluge of news, like so much shit. Some of it real news, fake news. Mm. But it's really hard for the left to get any sort of like powerful counter thesis together. Yes, and especially when the issues are so nuanced, and if you're not willing to uh, to to turn it into a single kind of black and white good bad uh, sort of paradigm then if you're trying to be nuanced about all these different uh, issues that we need to deal with um, it's a bit like how I was saying in the last episode you know the sort of Labour Party took a hit from the Liberal Liberal Democrats yeah. took the votes away from them you, you know because we've got this split in uh, in different issues that matter to different people then that kind of that pulls the vote away whereas if you've got another uh, strong leader just saying whatever it takes Farage and Boris just saying yeah. we're not going to split it too much and yeah yeah. yeah, just just think about this one thing. Just concentrate. Just just follow my follow my yeah. hands or whatever. You know, <laughs> listen to my voice. <laughs> yeah, uh, <one> exactly. Issue. <laughs> and uh, and then yeah, they're, they're, of course they're gonna um, yeah win over the 
the, the larger majority of people, especially when, uh, I don't know, are people more politically engaged these days or less? I mean, I think there's, there's broadly, the, what I talked about leads to more political disengagement. Mm. Democracy is powerful when people can understand and they can engage. Mm. Like at the start of the decade, it felt like that was happening and, yeah. and it felt like a really, really positive time to be alive and it felt like that might happen more. Mm. And it might come back, it might happen again. I just... I really am puzzling on how, how this can be organised because you've got to make it as black and white as you say to beat the people who are, you know, going to appeal to those prejudices. Like, um, it's really difficult because the, the shift has tended to be under under these governments, the Conservatives. They're like, you elect your own police chief now. Like, and it's mm. totally pointless. I go and spoil my ballot paper every time. It's not a political act, policing. Mm. Or like, you know, trying to arrange more mayoral, mayoral systems, like where you vote for one person who's going to deal with everything. I know Boris Johnson was good at looking dishevelled, having his hair ruffled and getting shit from everyone, still coming out like, say, oh, just, you know, some stray comment, and go, oh, he's just trying his best, and it doesn't mm. matter if it's a bit of a shit show, like, because he's, because he's funny. Um, and it just seems easier for, for people to manipulate if there's one person that can just scratch their ass and get a new dog and then say... That it's it's going to be okay because like he, he looks like a normal person and he makes an out, outdated statement that appeals to a certain lot of people's prejudices. I, I just I just feel that the deluge of news and and that's being presented in, in certain ways and you've got these people that, well not not even people sometimes these algorithms that are like propagating all these contradictory news stories. You you have a lot of them happening anyway because of the complexity of the issues of firing out all these maybe the forest fires have led to disease maybe the burning of certain things in rainforests have released certain things that have had an effect or you don't know it's, it's yeah. so complex that it's hard to engage with and i think that the big danger of that is that people disengage people that would be voting for the left if they would understand that it's just voting for goodness and, and kind of community you know that, that even if you don't quite agree with how a person speaks or you know that they look like a geography teacher or they make their own jam that's not a reason to hate them and not vote for them it's their policies that are important and that they're just we're just going to try and make our way through the quagmire and try to make it more even and I just think that that's that you look at that chat of the people who didn't vote who could have swayed it, mm. and it's very important to vote. Like yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, yeah, I mean, people should definitely vote. Um, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because where, where to start? I mean, you don't have to agree with all of the policies no. um, that that somebody has. I certainly didn't agree with the, everything that the Labour Party was saying by by any stretch, but. But, you know, if I was to weigh up the, the choices, then it, that was definitely the way that it was going to have to go um, in that last election. Um, but, it, yeah, it, it, what you were saying there was that the, the, the has, this, it's a two-pronged attack. They've, um, they've made these issues uh, so complicated that they're beyond understanding to anybody without a sort of political uh, education. And then they come in from the other side with these black and white issues like vote for this and you get everything that you want and vote for that and you won't uh, and so by, yeah they've, they've sort of muddied the waters and then come in with this like sort of quick fix uh, and um, yeah it's quite sophisticated I suppose well is it well, or is it devastatingly simple well, that's yeah. its effectiveness mm. that's the thing it's like there was their heads together with Farage and Johnson and, and Steve Barron in America and, and even with like aspects of like Putin and things and say, look, this is how we're going to go. We're going to get people on migration. People get hecked up about migration. This is the data shows us this. We're going to go on that and we're going to try and get like our ruling elites and our business interests passed by like focusing on migration and we're going to reduce human rights and we're going to make individualism the, the, the kind of thing because people are all the more isolated you are the more easy you are to manipulate because 
you know, you, you, there's less of a counter thesis, mm. and it's hard to have a counter thesis under these circumstances. And what what this ends up being is that you, then you get these right wing governments, and we, we sort of the trees have voted for the axe in this case because they thought mm. that they were one of them, and like they convinced them that they were one of them. And what you end up getting is this kind of guide to service rather than service. These private companies like Northern Rail that, you know, there might be a train. Oh, it turns out there wasn't a train. Oh, it turns out you're stranded. Oh, it turns out you're homeless overnight because we didn't provide enough carriages. Okay, it's guide service. Generally, the, what the politicians promise, they're not able to deliver. And you end up saying, oh, well, they're trying at least. You know, he's trying to build a wall. He's trying to get rid of the immigrants. He's trying to make the country British. Again, at least Big Bong's going to big make it Big Bong and we're yeah. going to pay for that yeah. rather than like funding, making sure that like children have got the necessities they need and can be reunited with their families if they're refugees. And, and you know, you just have to... I don't know if you saw that the film that's come out of like this, this Syrian filmmaker um, put together a lot of hours of footage... Um, of, of what was happening, documenting the Syrian civil war over the last few years, her life being torn apart and trying to show her young daughter, I think, what was happening. And, you know, Jon Snow's trying to spearhead that and it's, it's, it's likely to get the, the nomination it's been um, got for. It made me cry looking at it, mm. thinking that people are hating refugees and that people are just ignoring the fact that Syria is just a fucked up war zone because different people are like wanting different oil strategies there and no one's been willing to engage with it because they don't want to fight Russia and the, 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 the end result is you get this guide to service, this private companies like not being able to provide it properly and the only countries that are really seeming to get past that are like having these long term plans, China, Russia mm-hmm. rise of potentially you could say fascist mm-hmm. you could say communist with very much a reduced amount of freedom where you know freedom of the individual is sacrificed for the greater good of the kind of long-term stability you know is that the way the world's going you know are the west gonna have to provide this or are we gonna have this like four-year like you know kind of fight based on one side winning on by oversimplifying it and i don't know it makes me think you know should we have to be qualified to to vote should we have to have a basic understanding of the broader processes mm. um the same way should we have to be qualified to be able to have, have children you know mm. i know this sounds quite right wing but like you know people are bringing people into the world that that are then going to have children and you get a lot of people that don't understand the complexities and i'm not trying to sound elitist mm. i know that it does sound elitist but should we have to have a basic understanding in order to vote what do you think that's putting <laughs> you on the spot? Yeah, bit. no, it, it's, I did, I, we, I sort of uh, tentatively brought this up a few episodes ago, the idea of like population control, you know, there's overpopulation and stuff. And yeah, it is a really difficult subject to talk about. Um, potentially, do you, do you have to prove that you've actually considered the issues before you cast a vote and that you've considered, you know, the different sides maybe? And you know, yeah. to, to be in a position like a school, you have to understand, you've got to watch certain training videos and things like that. You yeah. get through them. If it's like an online course and yeah. even if you, even if you have to watch to understand the certain things and say, yes, I've done this. And every few years you say like, look, these issues are complex. These are the facts mm. as we understand them. And this is based on the data. Yeah. Like, so you, you wouldn't be a flat earther or is, you'd find it more difficult to be a flat earther mm. or a climate change denier or a kind of just very simple, straightforward denier of like, the global issues that are kind of affecting other people that are having knock-ons in your country rather than being an isolationist you could have to have a little bit of a broad spectrum of thought but i mean who would who would oversee who would regulate those that kind of like online trait you know the online assessment that you'd go through because it only takes one sort of uh, 
evil party to be in in government and then those uh, online training videos just become more propaganda i'm I'm thinking off the top of my head with Mm. with all of this it's uh, it's the beauty of discourse Mm. um but i suppose it has to be a combination of different people coming together and it has to be verified by an by an independent Mm. um that's really the answer like the the left have to face difficult truths that they don't want to the right have to face difficult truths that they don't want to and the overall consequence is that people have to deal with the complexity of issues i don't know what the solution is exactly but i do feel like there needs to be the, the bbc for example is supposed to be unbiased in their <laughs> reporting in the news and there's a lot of uh, arguments going on uh, and obviously the tory party looking to take away a lot of uh, their their rights and their the license fee and all of that at the moment um but we do need some kind of unbiased news outlet that people might listen to that that presents both sides and allows people to to make a decision for themselves. Um, and it, you could almost do with that on a sort of more tailor made basis, so that some you know almost like a, a, a like a personality assessment or something. You know, you go in and you tick you know what 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 your current circumstances are and how you feel about certain things, and then it tells you. Well, maybe you should consider voting this way. And I know I think you talked about something exactly like that, didn't you? Yeah, it wasn't exactly like that, but it could encompass that in a previous mm. episode. Um, merit-based system, mm. I guess, it could link to that. But I think what you were saying makes me think that it ought to link to people's mental health too, mm. because there's been a massive rise of, of um, mental health issues. The training we were doing on Monday was like people's sort of use of technology, their overuse of technology and their lack of engagement sometimes in the life around them is increasing the mental health issues, especially in the young. You've mm. got a lot of people like self-harming and things like this and mm. not understanding the issues. I've been doing a lot of classes actually trying to make people understand about digital manipulation and, and forming opinions. And it's been quite useful mm. seeing the higher ability people's engaged, the middle ability, not so much, and some of the lower ability were just like, what the hell? What mm. potentially were being manipulated? They would just disengage with it. Mm. Um, but it's, it's important to try. And by the end of the, some of those lessons, they'd had some better ideas. But um, again, just linking it to mental health, it's important that those things were to show just general goodness that throughout all this stuff, you just need to look out that people are going out and being nice to each other, that you can get involved in community projects, that you can start your own things, you can be your own person, have your own philosophy, you know, be be a, a nice person, a lover, a, a voter, you know, a friend to people, like, or completely asexual if that's your thing, you know, like, the, the, there's different types of people around and that we're all part of the same canopy and... Like we should, we should learn to to get along without like destroying each other and trolling each other online and like you know hating the the women politicians and giving them just a load of shit for like being a woman and I know there's there's so much stuff that's wrong and that there ought to be some sort of med- medicine, digital medicine and real medicine that, that's going to help people cope with being a a political cog and also being a, a real person and that you could get a more rounded point of view so they're not going to be as affected by this this sort of digital manipulation and you know whether it's whether it's deliberate whether it's not whether it's a result of just the arts of selling but it has to be because um reading Atlas Huxley Brave New World Revisited he he argued um through looking at his later work have you ever read uh, Brave New World no oh I recommend it um but he looked at his earlier prophecies in line with what had happened at, at, like in the late 1950s and said there's so many impersonal, impersonal forces that are going to lead to dictatorship. We're not going to be able to help it. Mm. And it was saying it's, it's a combination of these factors that are doing it. And this being the case, as we go on towards that, um, you know, that we need to have some sort of medicine that's, that's going to help us deal with it. And mm. I think the type of thing that we're starting to talk about, not quite as like elitist as maybe it sounds when I mention it, it's got to be well mitigated by different groups. 
there ought to be something because otherwise it's it's just going to be horrible. Do you think there's an argument, um, you know, maybe we're getting, you and I getting too uh, preoccupied with um, political stuff and actually maybe, yeah. maybe do you think there's an argument, argument to be... Pull some string. Uh, yeah, an argument to be made and I, I think maybe even Russell Brand might have been talking about this but from just disengaging with politics and just letting it be whatever it is and then trying to make a, a difference on your, you know, your sort of neighbourhood level and the community level, and actually just let them get on with it, let them get on with the crazy stuff, and just do the best that you can. Yeah, there is that to an extent. Yeah, you need time away. Mm. Definitely, you can't be sane in this world if you don't. And the arguments being made artistically and creatively, and you know, individually by people for that. Yes, I agree with that. But at the same time that complete disengagement that seems to be happening by the com- over-complexity of issues mm. is leading into the hands of demagogues and people who can appeal, and it's, it's seeing this new rise, of, new rise of like fascism, it seems, and we remember what happened in the world last time we had this large rise of fascism, and, yeah, it, a bit of both, somehow. Mm, mm. Yes. Um, I think we should probably stop that there. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. Should we maybe play a song instead? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay, so um, I'd like to play a tune. Um, this is by Doghand String Band. Um, Great name. Doghand String Band, so-called, because Cass, the the, uh, the architect of many of the songs, a fantastic vocalist and banjo player, a, a multi-instrumentalist, he had his hand savaged by a dog and couldn't play his instrument, uh, and so he called his band after that. So he used oh, to play okay, in a band yeah. called Boot Scraper. That band kind of broke up, although they sometimes they play a couple of shows together every year. And he formed this like super group of people where it's like very diddly lovely music. Mm. Um, Cass actually had a, had a problem with one of his ears and he couldn't mix his album. Well, he, he mixed he mixed it very well, but he wanted a second ear opinion because <laughs> I've got um, binocular ears and uh, mm. I might be able to hear something. So I, I listened to it and gave him a bit of feedback, probably too much feedback, uh, but he wanted a critical <laughs> opinion and, and you know I can deliver that. Um, yeah. Sometimes heck myself up getting too critical of things and apologies uh, for that. Uh, but anyway, this is a fantastic song with a fantastic music video that I'd quite like to share over the next month on our. Yeah, let's definitely do that. Ever, if anyone looks at our Facebook um, and our Twitter feed. Um, so this is called This Is My Rifle by Doghand String Band. Okay. Let's go. 
hands down the best music video I've seen in quite some time. <laughs> that was brilliant. And uh, I said to Cass, uh, I flattered him a lot on his album. I think he's sat, I said to him, he's sat on more dynamite than uh, the House of Parliament prior to the gunfire plot. Like that album is probably going to be my album of the year, having listened to it even in... Oh, it's amazing that album. Oh, um, that, so. well, that'll be interesting to uh, to listen back at the end of the year and see. But, yeah, yeah. it set the bar incredibly high, and like from like the second week of the year to have it that high. Wow. Mm. Oh well, um, if you uh, follow us on on Facebook um, at Super Beast Pod, um, same handle on uh, Instagram and Twitter. But if you follow us on Facebook, uh, you can we'll we'll post a link to the video because it is quite something to behold. Yeah. Um, very entertaining um so yeah so that's how you can uh, get in touch with us as well through facebook uh twitter instagram super beast pod is what you want to uh, search for uh we're on uh spotify and apple podcasts and anchor and all those different things um we should probably uh say hello to our worldwide listeners hello hello worldwide hello. listeners we last month we picked up some uh, new canadian listeners oh so, wow yeah hello to canada cool yeah, yeah my granddad Failed to live in Canada <laughs> due to being far too north and his farm failing, came back to Ireland. Well, there you go. Uh, there's probably a statue to him out there, though. I imagine people can go and check <laughs> out. Great grandfather. Uh, oh, okay, right. Um, yeah, I'll be gone then. Um, yeah, <laughs> Australia. We got uh, some some Australian listeners who uh, who uh, have been very, uh, in touch and uh, they seem to be enjoying things. Um, Denmark. Got some listeners in Denmark, yeah, uh, thank you. United States. So uh, hello to you over there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Like how how are things going over there? Yeah, do do give us your news. We'd love to hear from you. And obviously our uh, second spiritual home, the Isle of Wight. Yeah, the hello, yeah, White. Hi, White. Yeah, we're we're coming we're coming for you later this year, I think. And we'd love to hear some some string jokes around the world. So if you can if you can string us a string us a line. Um, <laughs> We love to hear your fantastic string jokes from around the world. It's it's dead easy. Which part's easy? Uh, well, getting not, in touch or making the jokes. Balls, you know. Just just think of all the different connotations of string and make and make puns and make as many puns as you can. Mm. Yes, yeah, we'd love definitely love to to hear some uh, some more string jokes from you around know, the world. If you got all the string in the world and tied it in one big ball, it would go around the world. Uh, right. Cat got your string. <laughs> what? There was a lonely animal who tried to feast Think about him with us and became a super I'm just going to quickly do some film reviews. Well, I'll tell you the films that I watch and you can tell me if you want to hear about any of them. Oh, I don't know. No, I think you should pick your favourite too. Like, uh, but uh, go ahead, tell me what you watched. All right. I, uh, I watched, well, this is some of them. I watched Knives Out, a kind of whodunit thing, which was, was all right. Doctor Sleep, sequel to The Shining. Mm. Better than I expected. The new Star Wars film was loud. Uh, Jojo <laughs> Rabbit. <laughs> I don't want to hear the Star Wars one. Yeah. Marriage Story uh, is like one of those films about sort of rich, privileged people going through a divorce, but it's actually really good. So if you can get your head around uh, that kind of you know, first world problems kind of thing, it was actually really good. Anyway, the one, so I'll just talk about two. So the first one uh, was a documentary. Um, which is uh, was made by a Kiwi kind of Louis Theroux sort of wannabe journalist guy uh, who stumbles across something on the internet called uh, competitive endurance tickling, um, <laughs> which is supposedly a professional sport, and you know the the uh, uh, 
the athletes taking part in it are all dressed in like Adidas and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but as he starts to to kind of uh, investigate the uh, the videos and and how you would get involved in competitive endurance tickling, he uh, quickly sort of hits a, a kind of wall uh, from the organisers of the event, um, <laughs> who then start attacking him uh he's just trying to find out more about it because physically attacking or? well uh, attacking him personally uh you know about his tickling uh, his twitter account well <laughs> he just he start immediately starts receiving daily threatening emails uh oh, about his like sexuality and oh, like his shit. lifestyle choices and all this kind of stuff and so which just sort of uh, piques his interest even more and uh, <laughs> and then they send three enforcers over to new zealand to meet with him uh, to like dissuade him from looking into this endurance tickling thing anymore, um, and then he, and so he meets with them, and they are three weird individuals anyway. <laughs> um, and then he goes over to the US, and things just get stranger and stranger. Um, and there are in in the documentary there are scenes from the tickling competitions which are incredibly uncomfortable to watch because it's just. <laughs> I mean, it's just such a strange thing. There's interviews with the people that have taken part in the competitions, um, but it's it's like immediately a sort of Scientology level kind of persecution mm, of this guy, mm. and it's That's fasc- fascinating. It is yeah. fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I would absolutely recommend it. It's called Tickled. Um, it came out in the last couple of years. Um, I don't think it's on Netflix or anywhere like that, but if you uh, if you have a look online, you'll find it. And there's, it's not perfect. There's a couple of things missing from the documentary. Like they they kind of make some big breaks in the case, and they don't sort of show it in the film. They just sort of tell you about it in passing. Um, but absolutely tickled. Uh, you should watch. Uh, it's just a very strange film. That sounds ace. Could, could we over the next month share like a trailer or something for that? And like a- yeah. Some on Facebook, we, we should spread out all the kind of good content and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. just give people links towards it, like give them something visual. Definitely, yeah. I also watched Ford vs. Ferrari. I watched 1917 at the cinema where, like, one shot Sam Mendes' uh, First World War. Uh, oh, yeah. It's co- epic. Yeah. It, if, if it's still showing at a cinema uh, near you, go and watch it because it's, it's genuinely really good. Um, so the other one I wanted to talk about was a Korean film called Parasite. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's been nominated for the Oscar for, for Best Foreign Language Film. Mm. Um, it's about a, a poor uh, Korean family who uh, live in a sort of basement apartment and um, they are sort of uh, they get a break when their son is gifted a, a tutoring job in this rich neighbourhood. Mm. Um, and he gets in there and he starts the tutoring job and the, he and his family quickly... Uh, conspire to take as much advantage of their of their link to to this rich family in Korea as they possibly can, and the story is <laughs> genuinely really unpredictable, really entertaining, quite tense in, in places, funny and um, yeah, just just the, uh, there's a lot going on in this film, um, and it, yeah, I would absolutely recommend watching it. Um, apart from you know, there's a sort of vague twist at the end which you, you can see coming but the rest of the film I'd be very surprised if you know what's going to happen next from scene to scene so that's Parasite Parasite yeah definitely okay. recommend that one do you think and this is a bit broad but do you think people if you're watching more movies it just takes you out of your life it takes you away from your electric technology and it's good for your brain to think outside your daily experience like to mm. talk to other people but I think it's good for people's mental health I, I haven't been watching enough films like mm. I have perhaps made the time to but do you think like watching these films has really helped you sort of relax yeah it's I, I go through phases like last year I didn't really watch very many films because 
you know, you watch like five bad films and you're just like, oh, that's two hours mm. of my life. And you kind of go off. And so I, I, last year I didn't really watch very many, but like I said, about 25 so far this year. And it's wow. just, you just pop it on at the end of the day, just watch a film. And uh, yeah, I think it's really good. It exposes you to different cultures and it is, you know, a, a well-made film will make you cry and make you laugh yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Like um, a, a film I always reference is I, Daniel Blake, the Ken, mm. Ken Loach film. Like the first, sort of, I watched that film on the train recently uh, and I was laughing out loud to myself on the train, which is not, I don't generally laugh full stop, but it had me laughing out loud. And by the end, I was in tears and like just films that good. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. Yeah, last one I watched was Bohemian Rhapsody and that had deep emotional impact on me. I love that. Oh, it's really? great. And I'm reading the autobiography now. Um, just one other thing you mentioned, Bohemian Rhapsody. I also watched the um, uh, Elton John film. Uh, Rocket Man, yeah, uh, which is uh, similarly really good. Like, uh, really, uh, I think watching the two of them back to back would would be like a really uh, fun night. Yeah, yeah, it's good. There's an overlap because they had the same producer for a while. Um, yeah, same quite an interesting character. I think. Yeah, same producer, same same director in a way. In the uh, oh, for the film, yeah, I just meant like when they were releasing Bohemian Rhapsody, the song they had the same sort of person, same manager, oh, right. manager, should I say, yeah, manager, yeah. Well, he features much more uh, prominently in Rocket Man uh, and uh, is uh, yeah uh, yeah you get a, a sort of a, a more broad view of, uh, of what he was like as a person um, but yeah uh, and similarly 1917 which I was saying people should watch in the cinema that would make uh, a really good double bill with Dunkirk mm. uh, the Christopher Nolan mm. film if you saw that if you just want to be have your nerves shredded <laughs> for about four hours yeah. straight uh, realise how easy we've got it in comparison yeah, to yeah. all those poor people had to go through uh, anyway, yeah, that's. I just wanted to mention a few of those because some of those genuinely were really good. Can films. I just ask really briefly, yeah. like the follow-up to The Shining, Doctor Sleep? Like, mm. I'm just interested in what you thought of it. Yeah, it was. It was good. I wasn't. I didn't need a follow-up to The Shining. Absolutely, didn't, <laughs> no, didn't, that didn't need to... one. Um, yeah. And apart from the the sort of denouement, the, the kind of final part at the end uh, was was kind of uh, what let it down. But the rest of the film was actually surprisingly uh, interesting and worthwhile. Ewan McGregor was really good. Um, and there's a scene where there's a teenage boy uh, is killed uh, by this kind of uh, this sort of group of people. And it's it was quite sort of shocking, actually. Like, it's only a 15 film and you don't really see any blood, maybe a little bit of blood on the knife, but he's sort of being stabbed in this car park and it was uh, it was quite difficult to watch actually so um yeah but but genuinely uh, a lot of good interesting ideas going on in there much better than it deserved to be or, or mm -hmm. that i expect i'm still in a quandary about this new terminator film because james james cameron's directing it and like i really love those it too i watched it like oh yeah you mentioned sorry like, uh, i don't i don't think i did but yeah it, he's he wasn't directing he was just producing and he was okay. like a script uh he, he kind of i think he supplied the story and then um somebody I think maybe the guy that did Deadpool or something directed it yeah. uh, it was better than I expected actually all the reviews had been terrible that yeah. I'd read or heard uh, I made it to the end which I didn't with Terminator Salvation and Terminator oh, whatever the other one was before that I didn't finish either of those this one I did finish but it, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah it's not you won't be missing anything if you don't see it okay well, I still might watch it when it get, when it's a movie on the, on the telly maybe I think I'll make the time to do that but Mm. The, the first two were just so delightful in terms of story writing and everything. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know whether I want to do it to myself. But. Anyway, that's films. We'll squeeze some songs in at some point. I'll close with a song. But uh, do you have any... Uh, is there anything else you wanted to say or any conclusions you'd like to draw at the end of this episode? It's made me think a lot as this. Just that, that how much to engage and how much to disengage with certain things and when to do it and when not to do it. You can heck your brain up thinking about certain things, but you, you ought to just 
disengage at certain times and just go and enjoy life and you know like you say walking to work and you know seeing things and experiencing things directly you've got to know when to disengage and when to engage but it's got to be a fine balance and I think going on in, in the world and in the future like so we don't get coerced into these difficult situations we need to engage to an extent but we also need to be able to have that shut off um, and that's a very important thing to manage so when we go out and see our friend Jonathan who sits his birthday happy birthday yeah, um, go out and have a few have a few relaxing things um, you know make time for your pets and for your family members look after people around you and uh, you know don't be a horrible ignorant troll on the internet and don't be addicted to your technology but try and understand what's happening in the world but try to understand that it's part of a bigger picture where it seems like people are getting seems like you can make and help people get nicer and nicer and that's my overall conclusion like to balance all of that really it's it's, it's getting a more difficult tightrope and it's going up uphill mm. but it's possible like uh, you know be that be that good person be the change you want to see but know when to switch on and switch off and um otherwise you your mind will become befuddled mm, yeah absolutely and just if you just want a quick win if you're feeling a bit down and you uh you just want to feel better just go out for a walk for an hour uh, you know walk fairly fast and um from my own experience you'll feel you'll feel better uh, pretty quickly yeah sing a song tell a string joke makes one laugh yes um okay so um after the uh we'll uh, we'll play one more song um but we won't be back after it so we'll say goodbye before uh before we before we play this but um i'm going to play a song by uh, michelle gurevich uh called way you write uh, i saw her at south bank center in london last year i have a bit of a um a taste for people who just talk over music <laughs> rather than singing yeah. I, I don't know why i blame Jarvis Cocker, um, but uh, she is somebody else who sort of mostly just talks over music. But anyway, seeing her live uh, was just kind of like a theatrical performance. She had like a table and chair and a sort of window scene, and she she just performed all the songs. It was it was really engaging and really kind of transportative. And you have a disco ball hanging from your light up there. That's going to tell me off because I can't get it down. I'll, I'll yeah, well, give it a spin. Yeah, spin. yeah well, she had, um, Michelle had a, a disco ball. Um, it's sort of the centerpiece of her show, and it was it was really good. Um, so we'll play that. But um, before that, uh, thanks for listening. Um, we'll see you uh, again in February. And uh, yeah, take care of each other. Sorry about the awful uh, attempt at an Irish accent um, after each other. Yeah, goodbye. Bye. Drink. My, my, the way you
String joke, mm-hmm. right? This this was, I think, probably my best ever fully improvised joke. Um, you know, I've, I've sort of remembered it because I thought oh, that's rather good. I'll, I'll try. And I'm pre- even going to write it down. I'm probably going to send it to Cubesville fanzine based upon like string. That uh, it was all string themed, um, and maybe I was subconsciously influenced by that. But do you want to hear my, my ultimate string joke? And, and honestly, feel free if you can top this. If any of the listeners out there in podcast shy, if you can top this. Please. All right. So there's a stringlish man. Mm-hmm. An Irishman mm-hmm. and a Scotsman. Okay. And they're they're in the pub, and the stringlishman is very down, mm-hmm. very very um, depressed. It's been a very depressed string for him lately, um, because he's going to get deported, and um, he's kind of nursing nurse string his his pint. He's wondering how he can get out of it. So he says to to the the Irishman and the Scotsman, like, well, well, you guys, you know, you're not really strictly in England, so so how come? How are you guys allowed to sort of stay? How have you, have you got away with like not being deported through like all the past? The Scotsman, well, he said, well, oh, laddie, there's a lot of islands near Scotland. And, uh, you know, uh, if, if you could never go there, you know, if we could never stay in the mainland, we'd always get our boats. We'd go off to an island and we'd find somewhere new. And there's always new islands to go to, to populate and, you know, bring life to and set up new infrastructure. And uh, we were always fine getting there. And, and when things were, were better, we could, we could come back to the mainland, we could trade. We could have good relations with them, and uh, we were always fine because we could flee in our boat. And uh, he said, oh, "That's good advice. Like, I, I can't really, can't really sail a boat. Can't really like, uh, can't really be organised string to, to to get in a boat and do that." So he says to the Irishman, "Like, uh, well, how did you manage? Like, I know that you're, you know, you're over there and over across the channel. And how did you manage when times got hard?" And the Irishman, oh God, if I can do an Irish accent, he's very well. Well, I mean, you did a fantastic Scottish oh, one. So please I, don't blame me if this goes badly wrong. Uh, uh, he says, well, well, laddie, uh, what we did, you know, we had some horrible, horrible famines. 
uh, we, a lot of people died and we, we had to move we had to we had to come back over to the mainland and work in England we had to we had to go across to America and, and flee the country and, and find other places and set up in other areas and we were always welcome there because we were hard workers you know we didn't require a lot of money we we're always jolly people we we're always nice people to, to be part of and you know we were welcome where we came and we set up our own communities we engaged with the local infrastructure we felt like we brought we brought like bit of joy, bit of peace, bit of Irish charm wherever we went and we were welcomed with open arms, opening open arms wherever we went. Sounds like you spent quite a bit of time in Wales. Yeah, sorry if that was more Welsh. Like, was, there's no Welshman in this joke anyway. But I hope that helps you, Larry, because I feel I feel awful for you. You know, it's it's a it's a bad time for you, Stringlishman, and uh, you'll potentially be deported. And and the Stringlishman, he's he stared bleakly into his pint and he said, well. And said, lad, and they all kind of hugged him together, like we brought together like string forms into a ball, and, and they all, you know, so you feel a bit better there, laddie. And he said, well, ah, wait now, I've got it. I know what I can do. I'm going to form myself into an enormous string, and I'm going to connect England over to Europe, and all my stringlishman buddies, we can all get back and forward. Despite this, uh, despite this deportation, we can come across from Europe and we can connect ourselves by this enormous string. We could probably also use it to like telecommunications across, and, and everything could be fine. And uh, and that's what happened. The stringlishman could get back and forward across Europe, and they all lived happily ever after. And no, nothing depressed string ever happened. Do you like that? It was a fantastic story. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I, that's, it's given me some hope. 